Demons Discuss, Television Review, Season 1, Episode 3. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I am Valerie, and with me is Angela and Jean. Hello, girls. Hello. Hey, everybody. And what are we talking about today, Jean? We are talking about episode three of A Discovery of Witches and lots of stuff. (laughs) Baldwin! Okay, so Baldwin for our audience. That's what that spiel was. That was Baldwin. (laughs) I hear dogs barking. (laughs) No, that's just me squealing. Yeah, that that squeal was Gene (laughs) saying Baldwin in a very loud, high-pitched voice because I think she's a fan. What do you think, Angela? A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, I think Angela's a fan too. I am. I am. Own up up to it. Own up to it. Center, absolutely, absolutely. I'm just, oh. I'm just a little bit quieter. But Jean knows the passion is there because we've not only yes. had conversations about Team Baldwin and being Team Baldwin for the past six years. Uh, it's just we've been waiting for this moment for so long. Yeah, it, it used to be that we could fit Team Baldwin in my Z4, but not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. You need yeah. a party bus with a wagon. Oh, I've got the party <laughs> bus and it's filling up fast. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to have to start checking credentials at the at the door. Yeah. And this is no spoiler, but Gene and I were Team Baldwin way back in the day with from Book Baldwin. That's all we had. Adored him, loved him, yes. headed up the squad. Um, and now there's a big contingent on online yeah. that is Team Baldwin. Took a lot of body blows along the way, too. <laughs> we did. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of defending to the death as well. <laughs> yeah. And I watched it all. And I True Blue doesn't even describe these two. They are seriously Team Baldwin. Yeah. Team oh, Baldwin. Yeah. I mean, even when it wasn't so cool to be Team Baldwin. Oh, it was yeah. never cool. Even knows that. Yeah, it was never cool to be Team Baldwin. We definitely, no, even before Book of Life, when we didn't even know how it was going to end. I mean, we were praying to the goddess, like, please don't let him be an asshole, really. <laughs> we, we, yeah. we didn't think so. We really didn't think so. But, you know, well, things yeah. change. I think my bargaining went so far as to saying to Deb at a signing, you know, if you got to do something, I'm okay if you like blow him up in a blaze of glory as long as like he doesn't turn out to be a dick. <laughs> It's true. You know how you say if you piss off an author, they could write you in the story and kill you? (laughs) I'm like, I don't care about that. Just don't make him an asshole, please. (laughs) I I, I can live with his death as long as it's noble. Right. Because say she knows we're team ball. Oh, and yeah. I think up at the when we walked up to her at the con and she's like, Well, blah blah blah. What did you like about Times Convert? And I said, Uncle Baldwin. And she says, Of course you did. Right. Of course. Of <laughs> right. course. But she looked and the look was just I knew that. <laughs> Tell me something else. But this new team Baldwin through the TV show, we Gene and I have always said that it's the same Baldwin that's in the books. You just gotta look. Yeah, it's not a new it's not a new and different Baldwin. It's the same old Baldwin. You just didn't want to look at it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. The nuance is gone. Yes. It's pretty much in your face and you get to see what he deals with mm-hmm. and that's good. No, yeah. I'm not saying I'm anti-Baldwin, but I think uh, I have an affinity towards Hamish who acts kind of the same. He does the same things, but with a little more <laughs> finesse. <laughs> well, <laughs> He's not as charismatic and no suave he- as a Philippe ha- uh, Hamish I'm talking about, but yeah. he's plain spoken, but he's got a 
better delivery. See, I mean, we were just Baldwin. talking offline here, off air. It's all in the delivery. <laughs> it is. Oh, God, yes. God, it yes. is. Okay, so let's knock out this sponsorship so we can get to talking about this episode. Yay! 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 This TV episode is brought to y'all by Ivana Walthos, our oh-so-dedicated discusser from Australia. Thank Yay! you, Ivana. Thank you. So, you guys, you've been listening to us for a little, and maybe you're wondering how we make this podcast happen. Well, it takes time, effort, and we can't avoid it. It takes cash. Or, as as Blanche DeBois says, the kindness of strangers. The kindness <laughs> of strangers. How we help fund this is by listener membership through Patreon. If we didn't, you'd be listening to a bunch of ads interrupting the coverage of our new favorite TV show. Mail order mattresses. Yes! <laughs> Tell the people what they can get by sponsoring us through Patreon. Oh, everybody who sponsors us through Patreon gets access to our after show where we just keep driving the driving the wagon wherever it takes us. As far as the show, as far as the books, as far as us, as far as our beautiful discussers and things going on out in the fandom and secrets. secrets. You get access to secrets. All the secrets. <laughs> so many secrets in the vault. Yes. And if you move up on the levels, we've got swag, stickers and tote bags and all kinds of new different things we're thinking about putting out there. Yay! And, oh, and... Oh, there's more! But wait, there's one more thing. Why? Demon Roulette. Demon Roulette! Once a quarter, we run a giveaway just for our patrons. Just for being a patron. Yep. And you could get just about anything. A, a one-of-a-kind t-shirt, jewelry, signed tote it. bag. Signed tote bag. Yep. You never know. So become a patron and find out. Yep. Then that would be patreon.com slash discuss. Okay, and I also want to remind you listeners before we get deep into conversation that at the very end of this episode, we will have a spoiler zone. We will warn you when we're about to go into it and say a proper goodbye for those of you who want no parts of it. You can say your own, fuck this shit, I'm out, you know, I gotta go. And that's it. So I guess we can start, right? Well, let's tell them what kind of spoilers we're talking about. We're talking about spoilers as far as things that may have been in the books that didn't make it to the screen or things that have gotten changed and if y'all haven't read the books yet that yeah. may be where you want to jump out are we now including as well in future episodes since people could have seen it in bulk or not well i don't know that's yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's that's perplexing i don't know <laughs> well i was gonna say um since we're we're tackling these one at a time and we didn't see them in bulk i would venture a guess that we don't have to worry about that well we are doing a 10 ep- episode series where we'll tackle each episode on its own and then uh, the next episode after that will be in bulk. Then we can tackle that whole thing and from there we'll take listener feedback and our last episode in this TV review series will be our our wish wish list. Yay! Oh and we will revisit our wish list from back in episode 5. That's right. It was one of our very very first episodes. Oh my gosh. Episode 5 our podcast with training wheels. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) With training wheels and someone holding this back seat yes. <laughs> so oh, it wouldn't tip the over door, yeah I think the door yeah the door kept flying open too yes yes so oh yeah we don't recommend you go back and listen to that one it doesn't exist but we are going to do a new one yes it does just we just need to own it oh god it is what it is <laughs> okay so are we ready to go for on this ride guys let's go alright let's start the wagon and we open up episode 3 with a normal voiceover 
Matthew is walking into the Bodleian. He's scoping the place out and he notices all the creatures. Then he meets Diana outside of New College to warn her and he winds up asking her to spend the day with him. And before she could answer, here comes Jillian. (laughs) (laughs) She's just horrid. Just so, so horrid. So you're not a fan of Jillian, huh? Oh, God, no. God, no. She's just so weaselly. And the things she says, I mean, the way she talks about vampires and Matthew is just so disgusting. So the premise is she's like, she realizes (laughs) that Diana might have been a little bit pissed about Peter being in her house. And she's trying to explain that away. And Diana's like, no, she's not having it because she realized she's like, you told Peter. And Jillian's like, yeah, I did. But, you know, it's for your own good. And you don't want to spend the day with that. This is magic for your own gain. Did Knox tell you that? He's a good man. He's in the congregation. He's worried about you and so am I. Well, you don't need to be. Look, I know that you're angry with me. I understand. But that does not mean that you need to spend time with that. Rude. Right. Rude (laughs) much? Matthew. (laughs) Matthew took it well, I thought. Oh man, if vampire was he rolling his eyes actually rolling his eyes, it came damn close. Uh, he, he was taking a mental note for later. Yes. <laughs> yes. Much later. And it was in that very moment in time Diana said, Maybe I will spend the day with a vampire. Like, you know, Angela, you did say this off mic. It's like you tell Diana to do one thing. Yeah. <laughs> and she's gonna do the opposite. Yeah. yeah. Drive her into so. the arms of someone that you don't want her to be with. I right. like this Diana. She she doesn't let things happen happen to her even though she like makes rash wrong decisions she's at least proactive yes i i I, oh very good and she kind of shoulder checks jillian on her way past her on the way to matthew's car yeah i I was waiting for her to pull out her earrings and start a fight there (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and uh matthew's holding the door for her and uh diana says i can open my own door Thank you. I thought that was cute. I thought that was cute. Well, his reaction. That's yeah. my girl. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It was a nice little smirk on him. And he was like, okay. <laughs> Whatever you say, lady. <laughs> yes, dear. So they head to Matthew's house in his lush little car. Well, I won't say little. That's the Tesla S. That's kind of nice. Kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. lush. <laughs> They're heading to Matthew's house and she noticeably relaxes. And I like this because it was in the books, too, where she kind of sat back and relax and she's like well where are we going and he goes well we're going to my house and what did you guys think about the place his house the gate was i mean the fact that they stopped at the gate and opened it it was so it was almost like yes you are going back in time because it was instead of him having an electric gate and all the yeah all the updated stuff he basically pulls up in this beautiful top of the line electric car and has Mm -hmm. to get out and pull out a key for a padlock and open up the gates by hand which just shows you that he is kind of a man out of time mm-hmm. and yes. you're stepping into his it. past yeah which i just loved and the peacock oh oh the peacock the peacock <laughs> yes. was awesome it made me yes. think of that i know it was probably all serendipity but it made me think about deb in that post when she was on the tour back when book of life came out with the white peacock oh the yeah white the peacock. Spirit which was right about the t- i think that was right about the time they ended up getting the deal with bad wolf too so you know everything everything old is new again and comes mm-hmm. full 
circle. I wasn't disappointed. Um, it's grand. It's it's definitely worthy of Matthew Claremont. But uh, mm-hmm. Speak Hall will always be in oh. my heart, his home. And I miss the, the Elizabethan, the Tudor timber and the, the style of White it. Wash um, and the yes. styling. But I miss that we didn't, A, get the whole little spiel about the land grant and the comments about Wolsey's cousin and uh, the mm-hmm. cousin who the did chimneys. Hampton Court and the chimneys and the fact that he saved saved bits and pieces from the old abbey. Oh, we'll save that for I know the end. Sorry. The end, because some of us didn't crack the books open, so <gasps> that's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so the set inside was pretty accurate because of the ceilings the Tudor roses Mm -hmm. that were painted white and it was like a time capsule. And then there was Louisa's picture. Yes. And she's like, who's that? (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty forward. Would you, I mean, that's very forward. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It could be. sister. But did you know, also notice that chair that they, as they walked past, that was that seven Arola chair. No, I missed it. That old Greek harped one. I'm like, oh, that's nice. That's a nice little touch, too. I mean, right from the Declaremont chair catalog. (laughs) (laughs) We get Matthew's real last name. She's like, "Uh, do you have to switch names a lot? And I think he said, I always keep my first name. I always keep my Christian name is how he said it. My Christian name. Yes. But my last, my real last name is Declaremont. And she's like, you're French. And it was all so many claps. I know something about, about him. She was just like so cute in that moment. I was like, oh, woo, yes, I can do something with this. And then he's like, aren't you full of a lot of questions? And she's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm a historian. <laughs> and you mentioned, uh, Jean, that you like the staircase. Oh, that staircase is beautiful. And that shot, that overhead shot they did all the way down the stairwell and the ge- geometry of it all was just breathtaking. That shot down the staircase is an Easter egg we'll talk about in the spoilers. Okay. Mental note. <laughs> They go up the stairs and uh, Matthew's starting to reveal things about his family. His mother's in France and she used to live there with his stepfather. His father died and we learned that vampires could be killed with enough effort. Did you think it was interesting? His first time he's talking to Diana, he refers to him as his stepfather. I, I mean, that stood out to me. It does because of the opening where he says, "My as my father always said. Yes. That's right. Yeah. So we get the distinction that it is actually his stepfather. Mm-hmm. Now we cut into statue on our maiden voyage to the congregation and she's on a boat in Venice. What'd you guys think of this? This whole scene where she's getting to see the congregation for the first time. She's a long way from home. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. She's no longer the witch. (laughs) And the way they did it was just masterful as far as showing that the island's under a disguising spell and that view and the building that they chose to stand in for the congregation meeting place was just spectacular. And And for me, I loved it because it got so many aspects of the books, including that open courtyard with the well in the middle of it and... Yeah. And what did you think of the the archives when he kind of gave her the quick tour? Oh, the demons are here. The vampires are there. Here's the witch's archives. I don't know. My first impression was the first thing she wanted to do was get in the chamber. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, whoa, slow your roll. (laughs) She's more than ready. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's like, okay, I'm ready to do this thing. I was kind of thinking like, whoa, bitch, who do you think you are? (laughs) But it's interesting. She, there could be a lot of useful information in the archive and she's not even concerned with that. Yeah. No, but she doesn't know what she doesn't yes. know. She just thinks the chamber is where it's at. Well, it's almost like when she first steps in there, she doesn't realize that now, or she doesn't want to be bothered with the whole adage of knowledge is power. It's just like, I just want to go to the seat of power right now. Yes. You know, yes. Let's take the shortcut. 
Fast track it. Yes. And she was kind of offended that there was a human that was a caretaker. (laughs) I kind of, I think she, I didn't take it as offended. I took it as surprised. Like, you're human. Well, what are you even doing here? Why would you even want to be around us? It's almost like it, well, I'm about to save it for the end too. (laughs) It's almost like Jordan, you know, proving that humans can be around creatures and they, some do know about them. Yes. And then we get the whole history from the, I think the male line, the oldest male is the one that gets this job. Yes. The oldest male in that family. And Satu's like, oh, do you have any siblings? He's like, yeah, an older sister. And she's like, oh, she must be relieved. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the, the family's name is Jean, which will come into play later. Yes. And okay. So now the archives. I mean, we didn't get a touch of this in the book. So this is our first time getting a glimpse of the behind the scenes in the congregation as far as the archives. The archives for me, the first thing I thought of was Eggletine Price and Bedknobs and Broomsticks because of that alli- that stuffed alligator did it. See, I didn't watch that. <laughs> See, I, I, it's kind of like Diana on the bike and hearkening back to the Wizard of Oz. I mean, I think this, right. this, this was a little shout out to all of us who saw Bedknobs and Broomsticks as kids as another one of the like seminal witch movies growing up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I just, I loved it. And then the bait, I mean, it was just like, you just wanted to linger on the sh- different shops. I wanted to open the jars. Yeah. I wanted to look at the books. I wanted to see everything that was in that room. Yeah. So, yeah, it was well done. The set the set makers, well done. It, it's like Sarah's uh, still room on a grand scale. Oh, yes. 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 That's what it made me think of is what Sarah's still room looked like in my head with all the timbers and it was kind of dark. And even on a bright day, there's not enough windows and you, you have to have lights on because it's sort of gloomy. And that whole building seemed gloomy. <laughs> To be it honest. did. It did. Yeah. The office at Baldwin's in part of the, I thought it was part of the congregation and not his personal office. I took it as his personal office off somewhere. Yes. Okay. Because that had a lot in more light. Maybe in it. New York well, or something. I'll say that the architecture of the, the congregation, it's its not that it's purposely dark. It's just that's how it was built. And when you have Gothic ar- yeah. architecture like that, it lets in very little light. Gothic yeah. kind of look that they have because you're, uh, the thick walls and the lack mm-hmm. of a lot of lights are A, protective and B, it keeps the temperature regulated. Yeah. So Okay. So we're cutting back to Matthew's place mm-hmm. and Diana is looking at alchemy books that Matthew has. She wonders about Matthew and alchemy. She's like, were you an alchemist? And Matthew says he inherited them from his brother. So we get a little touch of mm-hmm. more of Matthew's history. And then Matthew starts asking her questions. And I, I was wondering, is she going to be suspicious of him? Like, because remember when Peter Knox was asking her all those questions and it, then it started leading away. But yeah. Matthew asked her how she obtained the book and she didn't seem rattled at all. No, she just like offered it up. She's like, yeah, I don't know. Spellcasting is not Diana's thing. Yeah. And I love this. He attempted to spill wine on the books. Yes. And then Diana magics them aside without even trying. She's like, what are you doing? Uh, he's like, ah, I gotta, gotta save the books. What are you doing, Matthew? Yeah. One more thing in that set I noticed. And James North is just so brilliant with the set design and whatnot. There was what looked to be an old master painting hanging in his rooms. Okay. And in his house or his room? Well, house? it was like right, right on the wall behind 
one where Diana was going through the oh book. the book, yeah. and I suspect it was probably the three graces. But to me, I looked at it and saw the three aspects of the goddess. See, I'm going to have to go back painting. and look at that. Yeah, it was like, hmm, was that another little huh. like subconscious shout out right there? Could be. I'll look at it. Yeah, and I'll tell you what I think. I'd love to know what you think. <laughs> Um, okay, so we're back in Madison, New York, and Emily is scrying. She's doing something with a bowl, mm-hmm. and apparently she's been having bad dreams and decided to peek. And so she's pouring liquids in her bowl, and she's doing these mystical things, and she's burning some brush over it and waving her hands, and we're like, okay, some magic's happening here. We get it. Tabitha <laughs> breaks, he, she breaks her trance, and Sarah is following Tabitha, and they have a conversation like, okay, oh, I didn't realize you were scrying. What's going on? And <laughs> it's, like, it's like at home. You have your earpods in or whatever. Oh, I didn't realize you yes. were listening to something. Let me interrupt you. <laughs> I know. Especially if your hair is down and no one sees them pods, you know, you're just like... <gasps> I can't hear you. No, I just thought you were deaf. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Was anybody off put by the fact that she's like peeping on the peeping on her grown ass niece? No, not if it's in as a result because she's having bad dreams or premonitions. Yeah. Okay. No, I'd do it on my daughter in a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's going on? I'm having bad dreams. I got to figure out what's going on. So I, yeah, no. Just personally, if you've ever had, sometimes I have a sense of dread or not, not anxiety. It's like something you can feel energy. If I could scry, maybe I should learn how to scry. I don't know. I would. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The more information you have, the better. Yeah. So she's like. I haven't had, I've never been in mom mode. That's why I was just curious. Yeah. I've only been the pee never the peeper. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are, Jean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I'll add that to my business card. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> um no, the only thing I she's saying what she saw. She saw Diana and she saw there's someone with them and and Sarah's thinking it's Peter Knox and she's like no, it's not a witch. And then Sarah's and face is the like shadow oh. prince, the first appearance of the shadowed prince. Yes. Yeah. And it's not a witch. And Sarah's like, oh, crap. I, th- I think had I not read the books, I would feel just like I did when I first read the books is that I would, oh, no, there's something dangerous about Matthew. Maybe Diana's in danger. You in danger, girl. <laughs> right, yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, but I don't know. My, because we have the life experience with all this that we did, my heart just sort of, it was just like, no. Here comes the shadow prince. Here comes the fairy tales. Here comes all that goodness. Especially with British shows, I'm always waiting for the shoe to drop. There's always something unexpected. So I definitely would have felt like Matthew, there's there's going to be a twist. Obviously, I I won't say what's going to happen, but (laughs) that that would have been my first reaction to be suspicious. With British shows, I always think there's going to be a car bomb. Right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Or he's going to be a Russian spy. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so back at Matthews, and they're headed out, and they're discussing Diana's magic. And Matthew says, you can feel me when I'm looking at you. And then Diana describes what she feels. It's like cold, and uh, it feels like ice crawling under her skin. And so this is the first time we're getting that from the TV show, mm-hmm. as far as she can feel the creatures looking at her. I don't remember much about my childhood. My parents died when I was young. Yes, I know. Living without magic isn't 
bad. I've survived without it. Well, that's not quite true. You use it all the time. You can feel me when I'm looking at you. It feels cold. Like ice growing under my skin. Witch power is in your blood. It's in your bones. You were born to be a witch. You were born to have blonde hair. Those blue eyes. And he tells her, you were born to be a witch. Just like being born with blonde hair. And then, and those, yeah, and then we get our mini big blue eyes of yours. Yeah, the mini genetics <laughs> lesson, which was just delicious. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure Shelly was squealing when she was watching it. Yeah. We'll find out from her soon. And those blue eyes. I love that. And then she smiles. She's like, oh. Oh, I get my eyes. That's so sweet. <laughs> I know. It's like the little fanny. You, you could tell she was mentally fanning herself like, oh, he likes me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Matthew discloses his age. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I was born in 500 and uh, I was changed in about, around about 537. No big deal. I know. You know I love that we got an abridged version of the, the whole, well, when she she was playing like 20 questions trying to figure yes. out how old he was. That was just, mm-hmm. I loved it. I was am so I getting hot or am I, getting, or am I colder? You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which siege of Carthage? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And after all this, after she finds out he's a 1500 year old vampire, what does Diana do? The opposite of what I would have done. <laughs> she asks him to dinner. <laughs> I know. I love it. Like, ooh, 1,500 years old? Hot. Mm, why don't you come to my place, baby? baby. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. Crazy, uh, she, crazy, her, crazy. Her historian motor got revving. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so we go to this store. New stocks arrived. Oh, what's come in? Ghosties and ghoulies and things that go bump in the night. <laughs> The next scene is the store, and we meet Sophie Norman for the first time. And she's working a shop, receiving packages. Mm-hmm. And she's drawing the very same baby in the vial we saw in Ashmole 782 at the beginning. And we get to jam to some Imagine Dragons. Yes. yes. The song Demons. I love the use of the song Demons here. And the uh, and when she's unpacking that box of like old school Halloween masks, the little old yeah. school plastic ones with the rubber bands, and she scares the little girl with the demon mask. I just love that <laughs> oh my god i love this family oh, i have to say yes. i really love this family yes. and she walks home and we meet her husband nathaniel and he's like setting up this underground quote-unquote dark web <laughs> i like to say dark web because there's no such thing as dark web people it's just the web okay <laughs> he's, setting own, he's setting up his own facebook group for his own discussers <laughs> right yeah <laughs> Tell 2020 that. They perpetuate that. There was a show about the dark web the other day. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Jeez. The dark web. Just go ahead and scare people. On yeah, although just the I web. think he probably was using one of those old school Comcast forums. <laughs> In real life, yes. But Nathaniel, uh, from the books we learn, he's very savvy when it comes to computers. So I'm sure there were layer upon layer upon layer upon layer well, of cloaking. No, they told, but they not sh- enough. They showed us he was savvy in the TV show because they gave him two screens. Screens because, you know, all the really cool computer kids have two screens, at least in my office. Know. Asa has four. So oh, I my don't... goodness. Wow. <laughs> it, it doesn't wow. even hit me. <laughs> it doesn't even hit me. I walk because when we go into Sophie and Nathaniel's house, it really reminds me of my son. The story's been up since this morning and already it's got over 100 messages. I knew this was going to work. The story's dead, telling. 
demons born to humans who had no idea why they were different. They spent half their lives thinking they were freaks. Now you've got them talking to each other. Sophie shows Nathaniel a book with pictures of Diana's statue. Oh, I love how she just like plops it. He, he's like all Mr. Computer Savvy and she just like plops a stack of books. I got these books from the library. Yeah. Yeah. It's my yeah. statue. Look at my statue. I love that they were that juxtaposition of yes. new yes. new tech and old school. Oh, old that was school. just so, so smart. And they're so yes. complimentary. They're understanding of each other. They're not dismissive. Yes. Yeah. And he goes... That's your statue. She's like, uh-huh. It was in the library. This book about alchemy. It's about alchemy. <laughs> and I get when she's talking, she doesn't know a thing about alchemy. Oh, yeah. She just knows it's about alchemy. That's it. And she is so adorable. She reminds us of our Yogini so much. She just reminds me of Allie. Does she? Yes. <laughs> oh, in all the, yeah, see now? <laughs> in all the good ways, she reminds me of Allie. <laughs> so we cut to Diana's rooms and uh, Sarah is calling. Sarah's losing her shit because Diana's hanging around with a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah just needs an excuse to lose her shit. You know, it's like... Well, she needs to do it every so often because it, it you know, it purges the system. <laughs> it brings out her character. Yeah. And plus her her niece is hanging out with a vampire. It's, it's for her it's cardiovascular cool. health. Yeah. Right. Well, and coupled with with Emily scrying, you know, that she's in yeah. danger yeah. and then you find out she's hanging out with a vampire, that doesn't seem like a good thing. Yeah, she's she's making the obligatory parental phone call, like, uh, what's going on over there? Yeah, again with the delivery. <laughs> yeah. So many characters in this this series have, you know, delivery issue. <laughs> yeah. See, and I don't find a problem in that. <laughs> no, I don't. I, it's, I said issues, not problems. It's like, no, I, yeah. no, I know. Yeah. I, but I don't even see it as an issue. I'm like, if you don't yeah. say what's going on, how are you going to know what's going on? <laughs> I, this is true. I don't read minds. I'm not the witch that reads minds. Diana, tell me what the hell's going right. on. And Emily's sitting there all quiet. And then all of a sudden she brings up a story that Diana's mom used to tell her about a shadowed prince between sunset and moonrise. And and uh, maybe that's him. And Sarah ain't having it. She's like, no. But what the most no. part of it was is all, all Diana said was, I love that story. Yeah. <laughs> and Sarah's melting oh. down. She's like, oh, you're putting two and two together and trying to make five. No, no, this is not what's going on. Yeah. And she's she's just having a meltdown. And Diana's like, oh, well, we'll find out when he comes I to mean, dinner. She did everything yeah. but put her hand. Did she put her hands over her ears and go, la, 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 la. I'm not hearing you. <laughs> <laughs> no she should have she pretty much did everything but yeah she's like and you know she's got the safety of distance and uh sarah doesn't have the gift of flight i don't think so no. you know oh well he's coming to get dinner i guess we'll find out then yeah yeah <laughs> god okay so we cut to outside of new college i love this part and marcus is waiting there I thought this was adorable. I love the two of them in this scene together because and he is Diana's, so tall. I didn't realize just how tall he is. I think she's also small. I also think she's tiny. I think that's what Laura told me. She's she's very tiny. Ah, yeah. And um, because I think Matthew Good is only what six three. Well, only. I say only. Yeah, only. <laughs> he's he's about six two, six three. So yeah. Teresa's itty. So Marcus is waiting outside the college and he tries to strike a bargain with her after they're walking because he's she says, oh, OK, so I take it. It's no accident. You're there. And he's like, yeah, Matthew told me to keep an eye on you. And she's like, OK, is he always like this? 
Marcus is like, yeah, he's like this with us, but you're like the first witch he's ever done it to. And then she's like, okay, then that's cool. (laughs) You're going to help me shop. Tell me what he likes. Yeah. She's like, I might as well just put you to use. And they strike a bargain. He's asking for her blood because he wants to know. He's like, don't you want to know what's in the bishop blood? Don't you want to know your lineage? And he's selling it to her. It's like being the Pied Piper there a little bit. It's kind of like, yeah. Talk about who's being the siren. It's him. He's luring her to, you know, playing on her curiosity, which I kind of love. And he's also offering to help her feed Matthew, too. So that works out, too. It's a win-win for Diana. This is true. (laughs) This is how he's selling it. And it's like, hey, you get to find out your lineage and you know what to feed Matthew. See, it works out for you. And your dinner will be a hit. Yeah. (laughs) So very tempting to Diana. And we wonder if she's going to take this bargain Mm -hmm. at this point. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so we are back with Satu at the congregation going through the witch's archives. And she pulls out Rebecca and Diana Bishop's files. And Diana's files have been heavily redacted. Oh, my God. I've seen stuff like that when we've done open records requests. It's so freaking annoying. Oh, <laughs> oh. Tell me about it. It's like when they expose like three words. I, uh, like, what? I was going to say, so we're probably on the other side annoying Eugene because we have client information. Obviously, I mean, there's it's I don't know. I've seen it, too, on, on my side. <laughs> and I. Well, I can understand why you'd be annoyed. Well, and and it kills me because it's like, okay, I've gone through six months of trying to get like an autopsy report or something on an accident and every goddamn thing is redacted. I was like, all I want to know is if the guy was drunk or not. Jeez, oh, Pete. Oh, when we do uh, safety violations and stuff like that and they're in this safe and we have to look at the report and there's three words exposed in a five paragraph letter. And it's like, I can't do shit with this. It's like, okay. How am I supposed to write a report on this? What's the safety viol? Okay, I know there's one because there's a piece of paper in this file, but what the hell was the actual safety violation? This is stupid. Yeah. You need some of her pixie dust. I know. Satu doesn't care that it's written redacted because she's got her shit in the pocket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's been established that she's pretty damn powerful and she's got spells for that. So she reaches in her pocket and says a few words and sprinkles this dirt. It looks like dirt from her house in the woods, yes. maybe. <laughs> I don't know. And then she's uh, exposing all the words. And then here comes Domenico. <sighs> This is our archive. It's not for vampires. Test of Diana Bishop's powers. (laughs) Who is Diana Bishop? I love her. How did he even get in there? Vampire speed, baby. Vampire speed. How did he know to be there, though? Did he hear her casting that spell? He's a sneak. Yeah. Yeah. And not only that, preternatural senses. I mean, everything to the max. He's on high alert. He's he's looking he's looking for his next angle. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, what's going on over there? And he gets rather rough with Satu. I mean, it's like nice to meet you too, Domenico. Well, <laughs> he does. I mean he grabs her by the said he was bad to the bone. By the neck and holds her up. Yeah, I guess so. I guess, you know, suspending her midair by her neck would be a good way to get someone's attention. He got Satu. That's true. But she did manage to get rid of the words before he got to look at it and he's like who's diana bishop yeah he knew but but not fast enough because he now he knows enough to nose around about that that's true okay we're at the lab and miriam's taking blood from diana marcus is just you know chilling marcus, he's, <laughs> like marcus, he's, he's marcusing marcusing <laughs> yes. he's just chilling like he does miriam says surely you've always wondered about the bishop blood 
I always have. And then Matthew's outside about to enter the lab and he hears the whole thing. Whoops. <laughs> it's like, there's my Matthew. Yes. Through your DNA, we can trace descent back to one of four witches. How are you doing? Stop now. If any vampire is going to take our blood, it's going to be me. The only vampire taking Diana's blood is going to be me. And I'm like, oh, okay. Hello. Hello. He growled at the end of the scene, too. I know. My growly Matthew is here. I'm so excited. (laughs) I got my growly Matthew. It was when he took the bandage off and her a little dot of blood pulled in her elbow. Mm -hmm. And the other two were looking on and he just growled and they kind of looked away like, oh, sorry. My bad. Okay, this TV show is fast moving, so we're back in Venice. Domenico is visiting Gerbert. Oh, yes. To report that Matthew is harassing a witch in Oxford. And they were scheming on bringing Matthew in. And Gerbert does not trust witches. This is what I got from this. Gerbert doesn't trust Domenico. Doesn't he call him a sneaky little shit? Mm -hmm. Gerbert doesn't trust many people. And Domenico, from this scene, I gathered he had a chip on his shoulder when it comes to Matthew. He doesn't care. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. He, he's ready to give it to Matthew. So later, we're assuming Domenico left and Gerber brings out this box with a brass head. And this is the first time we're meeting Mary Diana. Oh, and this was brilliant. This was so incredibly brilliant on the part of the screenwriters because they, they've sort of peeled away the layers on Gerber over these last two episodes. And I just love it because you get the hints that he had been the Pope. And now there's two legends with the real life uh, Gerber of Arlac, or he's also Sylvester the second. And he was said to have a brazen head that made prophecy. And then there was also the story about how he got his power and became Pope because he made a deal with a succubus named Meridiana. And then and they combined the those way two the, legends, didn't they? Yes. And they also brought in the the whole prophecy of Meridiana here. And it's just, oh, this whole scene is so creepy. And he, the Latin, he, you know, the fact he uses the Latin. And, oh, I just, oh, it was so brilliant. And it brought so many and, little eggs in and all the stuff in from the, the story. And it's like there in 30 seconds. Yes. Beware the witch with the blood of the lion and the wolf. That's all Meridiana said. And Jerry Bear's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Yeah. What? <laughs> Alexa, repeat. And that's, all that, and that's all she kept Mary doing. Diana was, Mary Diana was kind of an Alexa, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she was no magic eight ball. No. <laughs> Okay, so next scene, fast moving, like we said, we see Agatha head to Sophie and Nathaniel's. I so relate to this, and I told you guys why. <laughs> you are so TV Agatha. You really are. Oh, I, I watched it, and I'm like, this is my life I'm watching I right know. now. <laughs> well, in, in, in these, these first couple of episodes, I'm like, oh, they wrote her as a badass. I love this. Yes. Yes. I love yes. this. And... Agatha enters and she's got food with her. And I relate to that because my son's fridge is always freaking empty because he's too busy in front of his computer screen. Yes, 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 yes. Well, usually one of his screens is like a TV show that he's streaming and the other oh, screen is so just is like really email. Multi- he is a multitasking demon. Yes, he is. <laughs> Both of my kids are Love demons. it. Ah, Agatha notices Sophie's little alchemy collage on the wall. She's like, I didn't know you were into this stuff. And Sophie's like, I didn't know I was either. But here we are. <laughs> I 
maybe that was the impression I got. She's just taking the information she's getting and she's pasting it on the wall and trying to make sense. Kind of like Diana's white table yeah. in the books, you know. Sophie's That's like what... a an empty vessel or a conduit in the best way possible. Yes. So she takes in her information and she's trying to interpret what she's seeing. She's like, ah. Sophie says, hey, Nat, your mom's here. And he comes out and I, Agatha, I love Agatha's face. She just lit up. She's like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and Nathaniel's not having it. He had to shut down his chat room. And he accuses Agatha of having it shut down. And uh, Agatha's <laughs> like, look, I didn't do that. But you really should watch yourself with that chat room. And Nathaniel's saying, demons need to get together. We need to talk to each other. We need to support each other. We're so isolated. Agatha's like, I don't know if that's a good idea. Demons don't do things quietly. Yes. Did you tell them? Of course not. I might not approve. I'd never report you. Demons need to communicate with each other. No, it's against congregation. Well, it shouldn't be. It... If we were allowed to come together, there'd be fewer problems. Not necessarily. Think of the risks. Demons aren't good at doing things quietly. Yes, this is so true. (laughs) Prime example. Hello. The three demons that can't shut the fuck up. (laughs) Guilty as charged. Hello. Yes, yes. But just from a TV show perspective, it's kind of hard to know what demons are or what they do. And Uh knowing that they don't do things quietly, you get a little bit of a clue. You get a sense. You get a sense. It's like the way it unfolds with demons on this TV show. It's like, damn, I want to know more. I mean, between what Hamish has said so far and now Agatha, it's like, why is everybody so scared of these second class citizens? Yeah. And in the creature world, they are treated second class. That We notice that right away. Oh, yeah. Because they're not strong or they're not like vampires or they don't have any specific powers. But we do see Sophie has the gift of sight, even though it's not directed. Mm-hmm. She can't just focus in. She just has to take this information in and try to sort it out. Mm-hmm. And so Nathaniel and Agatha are kind of arguing after the demons don't do things quietly. And Sophie says in her slightly disjointed way, it'll be fine. My dad gave me the statue. It's all it good. makes sense to her. It's all good. <laughs> it makes sense to her. She's like, we have the statue. It's fine. It's I cool. love that. I know. Yeah. Easy breezy. Yeah. Faith. She's got all the faith. Faith. Yes. She's got the faith. Okay. So we're back in Oxford and Matthew is looking at flowers. He's got wine in his hands. So we assume he's getting ready to go see Diana. <laughs> but he stops short of actually buying the flowers when Miriam is noticed. Oh, man. <laughs> Miriam just blew some shit his way. It was pretty phony. They're lovely. Thank you. Hello, Miriam. You're craving her. Miriam, how I feel about Diana Bishop has absolutely nothing to do with you. She's a witch. You're a vampire. You know the rules. It's forbidden by the terms of the covenant. Congregation isn't about to enforce a thousand-year-old rule. Does Diana even know about it? Because Marcus doesn't seem to think so. Bye, Miriam. I love her. She's just like... Miriam confronts him with, you're craving her. Ugh. 
And then the covenant is brought up. And this is the first time yeah. we're really hearing about the covenant. She's like, yeah, witches and vampires can't be together. The covenant. Miriam is kind of his Sarah. She's like all about yeah. making it real. <laughs> yeah. If I had to give a superlative award, she would win it as character that most surprised me and I that know. I love the most now. I mean, I, really yeah, out of the TV. Yeah. She really, really surprised me out of anybody. Yeah. Yes. Well, and the whole thing of it is, is everybody just loved her because she was like the sassy scientist in the book. And yeah. here it's like, okay, yeah, she's the scientist, but she is like in a different way than Hamish. She's Matthew's conscience in that she's always like telling him, oh, dude, you're you're down the road to fucking this up. You need to like slow your roll. Yeah. Yeah. I think Book Miriam, she has... She's less deferential than Book Miriam. Yeah. Yeah. She's fierce and she's smart and she's been around a long time, but the TV Miriam has presence that a Book Miriam couldn't have because it's it's not a a tangible thing. Yes. We only had what we imagined her to be to work with. Here, we're getting a definitive look at Miriam and this is who she is. And her coat game doesn't hurt either. No. (laughs) Or her leather pants game. (laughs) You can keep... Or her boots. That blue coat i want the plaid one or the or the black one with the with the buckles with the buckles and the uh mandarin collar so after all of that and matthew's like you know the congregation shouldn't care about this thousand year old rule miriam's just looking at him like uh dude <laughs> but they're gonna right it's like, I'm like <laughs> dude really that's a, yeah. that's a convenient way of thinking <laughs> yeah yeah she's staring him down and she he's like all right bye miriam <laughs> i'm gonna do this thing you told me not to do laters so. baby okay, bye. <laughs> it was very much laters it yeah. was the flip side of well uh, miriam isn't as bad as jillian but it was a flip side of the yes. conversation that diana had with yeah. her outside new college yeah well, it wasn't so much about she's scum as it was like oh dude this is gonna like this is gonna end bad cause all sorts this is gonna end badly and cause all sorts of problems yeah think twice i mean each one had the reasons but but they're both trying to get at them saying, don't do this. Everyone is. But do you know what? What's funny is we get that message three three ways. One from each of the creatures. Mm-hmm. We've got Jillian, who is, just comes across as a total bigot as far as like, here's a witch perspective. Keep away from him because he's vampire scum. Mm-hmm. And then Hamish gives you the demon perspective, which is more emotional and basically says, unless you're ready to commit to this full on and and not trifle with her don't do it kind of like yeah unless you love her step step off and then yeah. miriam is like comes in with a vampire practicality with kind of the you live the history you know how badly this can turn out don't repeat it kind of thing like yes for the audience it's kind of like wait a minute the message is coming and it's this kind of the same message each creature style is so distinctive in how that message is conveyed. Mm-hmm. Bye, Miriam. <laughs> Bye. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we are in Diana's rooms. She's prepping everything and the door knocks and she's rushing around, checking out the mirror. And she's like, oh, my God, I can't. I could see it. I could see it. Having read the books, you know how she was like doing last minute preparations. Yes. She's like, I feel like I'm getting ready for a date. And straight up at Diana. Yeah. You know, she's kind of telling herself. Teresa was able to do that with a look. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Looking in the mirror. It was perfect. But it's not who she thinks it is at the door. It's Peter. Oh, he's another one I can't stand. Yeah. He does this so well. Well done. Well, well, well done. done. Yeah, he's, a, he's a love to hate. <laughs> yes. He's super. 
good at this. And uh, Peter's like, oh, you expecting company? Oh, you're feeding a vampire. I guess he saw the food on the table and realized yeah. that he's like, oh, you're going to turn your back on witches, but you're feeding this vampire. And he's getting right in her face. And here comes Matthew. And he vampires his way over to Diana's side. I mean, it was quick. Zipped. Yep. And he's growling and standing right behind her. And I love that picture of them just standing together. Diana's like, Mr. Knox was just about to leave. And then the growl. Oh, the growl. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, you know, you know me and my growl. Yeah, that's true. And then he hands her the wine. And I thought they were just going to hug and kiss right there, but it was so subtle. He handed her the wine. She turned around and she took it. And she's got a little smile on her face. And then Matthew clicks the door shut. And well, it answered her question. It is a date. <laughs> yes, it sure did. There you go. <laughs> and then we pan into their dinner and he identifies the food's origins. And then we talk about human myths. What did you guys think about this dinner, oh. this particular dinner? We've already experienced it somewhat through the books. It worked. But now we're getting to see it. It worked. It did. I mean, it did. It, for, the, for the TV viewer who didn't read the books, it worked. Yeah. Yep. But even for me, it's like knowing that we couldn't have both dinners and everything else. and It worked. It worked. We got the they essence well. of all of what was in the book, right? In that little bit. And it was, you know, when he said it, it the, the wine, there was this Chateau Neuf with the violet scent on the wine, nose on the wine. I'm like, yay, they even did the right wine. That was my wine cool. geek. <laughs> <laughs> so we talk about human myths here at this dinner. And Matthew gives a few details on vampire abilities. You know, they can run and jump. Mm-hmm. Humans think they fly. And yeah, and then she mentions the wet, the bats and the broomsticks and, and the hats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then Matthew gets up to pour the wine and then he asks her, what do you taste? And then the flowers and spice. Mm-hmm. And then Matthew identifies the violets that ruin Elizabeth's teeth. Tudor's teeth. That was great. I know. <laughs> And then this, what would I taste like? Whoops, Diana. Oops. Don't ever say that to me. I only ask to understand. It would take but a moment. You wouldn't be able to stop me if I struck and I wouldn't be able to stop myself. I'm safe with you. I smell of you. Willow sap. Chamomile honey. Frankincense. Ladies mantle. Ancient things I thought I'd forgotten. And it's not only your scent. I can hear your witch's blood moving in your veins. Oops. Etiquette. <laughs> etiquette foul. Etiquette foul. <laughs> Whoops. Don't ever ask me that. That was Matthew. Mm-hmm. And he warns her off. And she decides, hey, I'm safe with you. 
And and then he moves so quick and he turns her around and he starts sniffing her and tears were coming out of her eyes. I She did so well. Yes. Uh-huh. She did so well during this scene. Um, she still thinks she's safe with him. But meanwhile, she's like, am I going to die right here? Yeah. <laughs> Is this it? Is this how it ends? So she I felt like she was accepting her fate. Mm hmm. And I I felt like this in the parallel scene to the books, too. She was just like, either I die or I don't. This is just the way I want to go then. (laughs) So he lets her go. And then Diana goes in for the kiss, which was slightly different. Uh She was more aggressive. I was going to say it's more of her being proactive. Yes. And she goes, kisses him. He doesn't react. And I was just like, damn. <laughs> oh, my God. This is the torture we went through all of the damn book uh, on our recap. And no, oh, no D for you. No. Oh, my God. Damn. I remember messaging you when we were watching this scene. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Rejection. Ah! <laughs> it was almost, I, I, I know I can't take it personally, but it was almost like, Jesus, were they listening to the old recaps on the show and they just wanted to give us a middle finger and go, ha, 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 we're going to do it to you again? <laughs> God! I felt rejected for Diana. Yes. It's like, whoa. I'm like, what the fuck? Thank you for dinner, he says. Bye. And then he like, hey, but, let's, but let's her go. Take ourselves out of it. Think about it, how the TV viewer took it. How do you think oh they took God, it? Oh my God, I'm reading it. And then he's like, he beats feet out of there. I'm like, what the hell? Um... I would take rejection. I, I mean, if I was the TV viewer, mm-hmm. here she is. She's kissing him. So I don't know. As a TV viewer, I would think, I mean, the inevitable, hey, she goes in for the kiss. He's going to return the favor. No. But it's usually not the guy who's just like, okay. Right. <laughs> uh, th- I, I'm thanks. done now. <laughs> thanks. Bye. And he's so quiet. He's like, thank you for dinner. And then he steps away and then she gets off our toast and walks out the door. Oh, gosh. Yeah, rejection. I don't know. Listeners, if you felt rejected right there, email us. Let us know, okay? <laughs> yes. And, and and TV viewers, if the, your, your first venture into this was TV, please let us know how, yeah. how you, you took this because... Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was like. Ouch. It was what the fuck. It was, it, it was a little bit Victorian, like in North and South when... Oh, oh God. yes. <laughs> like, what just happened? Looking back. Look back. Look back. Look back at me. Oh, no. No. Matthew was like, fuck this shit. I'm out, man. Fuck I gotta go. Gotta go. <laughs> gotta go. The scene break was just like from one end of what the fuck to the other end of what the fuck. Right, back in Venice, and uh, Gerbert is dealing with his errant child, Juliet. Oh, that was, this is so creepy. So, so creepy. He's bathing her. Yeah. And he's, I, I guess she's out of punishment now because, you know, he's getting her ready for her big trip because she's been given permission to find Matthew. And she's like, thanks, Dad. Bye-bye. I'm off to find my boyfriend, Matthew. No, I gotta say <laughs> two things about this. Okay. The tile in that bathroom was amazing. Gorgeous. It was, yeah. just, it was gorgeous. Was gorgeous. Even though it was cre- a creeptastic scene, I was thankfully distracted by the tile in the bathroom. But Gerber, the man who plays him, is a very handsome man, but I have to say I was a little creeped oh, out man, by Gerber right crawling. here. my flesh was crawling. And then did you notice that his suit was basically a priest cassock and mm-hmm. a charcoal gray. Yeah. I yeah. mean, well played customer. Well played. Yeah. I mean, it's like, okay, I'm going to wash you and get you ready for the public now. I know. Like, and that's the way that he kissed her. Well, I know. Ugh. It was a little gross. But she's still like, thanks, Dad. Bye. Yeah. 
yay, my boyfriend, Matthew. I'm like, oh my God. So I, I don't know. I, I think as a TV the, viewer. The total lack of respective look- boundaries is, uh, with both Peter and Gerber when it comes to female pawns. Yes. Is thoroughly disgusting. I agree. It, it, I as agree. it should be. Off to wherever Juliet's going to go to to find her boyfriend in her head. Because I think we both, we all understand that she's a little bit cracked in the head. A little bit. So back in New College with Diana, she's staring at the wine bottle, Matthew's glass from yesterday on the mantle. And then someone slips something under her door. And what did you guys think when you saw the pictures? Yeah. I mean, very grisly. I I mean, we knew what was coming, but it was still like, kind of a punch yeah. to the gut. Well, we knew it was coming, but you felt for Diana. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. They were bad. They were very bad. I have to say, though, in the TV show, she took it a lot more stoically. Oh, it's again, again with the, our TV Diana is more proactive. Yeah. Yes. She doesn't just let things happen to her. But it's, it's odd because seeing it on screen, you can see how this is all fueled to where this is going to go. Mm hmm. Yes. So we get a confrontation scene with Jillian at her house. And I didn't get the sense that Jillian knew about this. She honestly, I I don't feel like she knew that Peter had given her the pictures. She was just like, why would he do that? She's showing the pictures and she's like, I know Peter Knox gave this to me. I know. Why would he do that? He's like so powerful and he's on the congregation. (laughs) Shut up, Jillian. And, and, but she goes, this is my parents. And Jillian, you can see it on her face. She was just like, oh shit, I didn't know that. But back to my needs, you're not going to give the book to the vampire, are you? Yeah. <laughs> and Diana walks out and she's like, she decides right then and there she's going to understand this book. And she goes in the house that a teaching assistant can't afford. Yeah. Bring that up again. <laughs> oh, that house. Well, they tend to do that on TV shows like Friends, their apartment. No one could afford that in New York. <laughs> but at least I kind of came up with a half assed explanation that, you know, it was rent control and it was Monica's. Wasn't it Grandma Geller's? Yes, it was Grandma Geller's and Monica was just living there. So Diana like steps out the door and she's she's headed out. And so flash to Matthew going to visit Diana. He's outside the rooms and he noticed the doors open. He walks inside and he sees the pictures all splayed out on the table and he smells them and he can tell they came from something's off. Yes. So his first instinct is to run to the library. And he was right. (laughs) Because if she's not home, she's at the Mm -hmm. library. And she's she's stalked over there and she's going to get the damn book. You're right. She goes in and she's in there with Sean. She's like, Sean, I need that. Get me that book. Do me a solid. Please get me that book. And here comes Peter and he's brought some friends and they're all surrounding her. And then he says, we will work together. It was kind of chilling in the corn. Oh, my God. They all popped (laughs) out. (laughs) Out of the woodwork, as it were. Yeah. We'll work together, shall we? (sighs) Gillian thought you might take the book out. You see, she understands its importance to us. Gillian knocked her out again. 
<laughs> he's like, Jillian understands the importance of this book. And Peter's manipulative. And even if Jillian didn't say, oh, I understand the importance of this book, she ran and told, oh, well, she, you, we better go stop her because she's about to get the book yeah. and give it to the vampire. So here's the thing. Sean is entering the scene. Peter gets nasty with Sean, puts a spell on him when Sean's trying to order them out because Sean notices there was tension between Diana and Peter and notice all the people surrounding him. He's like, okay, get out. You have to get out of here. Peter doesn't care. He gets sleep. (laughs) And Sean's on the floor. And then Diana in a state of protectiveness, you see this wind going and I thought, oh, I love this scene. I really Mm -hmm. did. And our hair is starting to blow and and the music behind it oh my god it's something she she's got something she turns around and she looks at peter and this wind knocks everyone on their asses yes and it was just like perfect matthew's right outside the bodleian and he senses something fucked up going on inside i'm sure he's like oh shit it's probably diana because all the fucked up shit happens right right (laughs) exactly And then he runs inside and Diana's in the process of getting drained of all of her energy for this crazy tornado she's created. And she's hanging on to the floor for dear life. I I love the sense that you get the sense that it's not intentional. Yeah. And the sense that she's (laughs) as much at its mercy as everybody else. Mm -hmm. As everybody else. It was fine when she was centering it. But when it was done, she didn't know how to stop it. So it was kept going. And Matthew has to dive in and grab her so she doesn't blow herself away. And he's like, I got you. You're safe. And I was like, oh. I love this scene when he just had her. He's like, I got you. Breathe. I got you, girl. Don't hold your breath. (laughs) Just breathe, Diana. (sighs) I've got you. I love how he has this understanding, yes. though, of her magic. He does, too. He, It's like, I feel like he's been watching her over the, all this time and stalk. Well, I mean, obviously with a stalking and he's seeing how what functions and how it functions and what it responds to. Well, he, he, he's looking at her like a scientist, but he's also looking at her like someone who has lived through all of this magic and believes in its mm-hmm. existence. And it's much more apparent in the TV show that he understands when she breathes, how she breathes, what's happening inside of her biologically. He's much more in tune than we, we picked up in the book. Yeah, he's, he's very in tune to the physicality of the kind of magic she has. That's a good way to put it. It really is. So we're back in Diana's room. Matthew's packing Diana's bags and she's nowhere to be found until we see her just knock the fuck out in a bed. (laughs) So, yeah, that kind of took a lot out of her. And Marcus is there and Marcus and Matthew are talking and Marcus is like, hey, Matthew, what the hell? Matthew says, I'm going to go find Peter Knox. And then we get the loyalty speech. Oh, and then we get we get the first Philippe. Think about what you're doing. She okay? No, she's exhausted. Not surprising. Which wind? I've checked on Sean. He's fine. And I've sorted out the bodleian. If she wakes up, tell her I'll return soon. Where are you going? I'm going to find Peter Knox. If you make a move on him, it'll be seen as a direct challenge to the congregation. He sent her those photographs. His scent was all over them. Are you seriously considering endangering our family just to avenge a witch? Are you questioning my loyalty? I'm questioning your judgment. Think before you do this. Get Diana out of Oxford, fine, but don't take on Knox. If you do, it'll be war. 
It's like, think about what you're going to do. And you're going to put our whole family in in jeopardy to avenge a witch. How can you do this to grandma? How can you do this to Isabel? Right. Are you questioning my loyalty? And he's like, no, I'm questioning your sense, dude. (laughs) Right. You need to get your shit together. And Matthew's protective. And he even says as much. He's like, I am so protective over this girl. I don't even know what's going on. And Marcus understands. And he suggests Woodstock. He's like, okay, that's cool. Protect her. Take her to Woodstock stock or send her to Hamish and Matthew nope I'm taking my witch girlfriend to France with my witch hating vampire mother seems like sound decision right (laughs) yeah Ah, oh, there's my Matthew. <laughs> so funny. Oh, and then she wakes up and I, I just, it, the whole thing I pictured in my head was, um, remember that whole old skit, I'll pay the rent. I can't pay the rent. I must pay the rent. Or, you know, remember that whole thing? She wakes up. She's like, what time is it? And he's like, you've been asleep forever. You got to leave Oxford. Nope. I have to do all the things. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no, they're trying to kill you. I'll go see my aunt. Nope, they'll get to them too. I'm taking you to my house. Those witches won't come and bug me. You'll be safe. And she's like, my hero. Yeah, Bossy Matthew finally showed up. Yeah. yeah. This flashed before me like a little comic strip, your little narration there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my hero. Oh. It was like one of those flip books, you know, when they have like a drawing on each page and you flip through and it's like a little animation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, we did get to see Fred in this scene at the end in his little house. We got a little flash of flash him. Of yeah. I mean, I, I distilled that scene into like a cartoon, but honestly, it, it was done beautifully. Yes. I, I love the Fleetwood Mac cover here. Oh, I, I loved everything. Oh my gosh. He kneels down. He's like, you know, we'll go to France. I'll take you to France. You'll be safe. And and then they kiss. The first real yes. kiss. There was no rejection here. No. And I was like, oh, thank, thank God. Goodness. Because that after, hurt. After, yeah. <laughs> if we, I had to wait another episode to resolve that other nonsense, I would have been very upset. <laughs> I can't imagine waiting a week to resolve it. Yeah. I love this scene. And I really love the scene when they head out. It's like a little. Oh. All they climbed. Yes. They enter the next phase of Diana's life, and she's taking Matthew with her. I was, it was great. Uh-huh. Say, when they join hands, it's like step one of Operation Tenth Knot complete. Yes. yes, yes, yes. It's you and me against the world, pal. Let's go. Let's do this shit. And Fred was there to send them off. <laughs> then Fred was there. <laughs> Yay! Anything else to cover in this episode, guys? No. It's no. it's just it's amazing, and we're only in the middle of it. So. Yes. I love it. Yes. I so much more yes. goodness to come. This was one of my favorite episodes, I think. One of one them. Of them. <laughs> one of them so far. Okay, so uh, listeners that don't want to get spoiled with the books, we're going to release yes. you. Class is dismissed. Jean's uh, demon kiss, because we're entering the spoiler zone right here. So after this break, we will get into the differences between the books and the TV show and talk about all the little things that we were holding ourselves back from before. Demon kiss. See you next time. (laughs) Yay. Yay. Find this show wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Contact us. We are at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail, 360-519-7836. Or leave us one on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Hit us up on social media, and we are at demonsdiscuss or at demonsdomain. Join our Facebook group, 
demonic discussers. The keys to get in are in the show notes. And if you're listening on your mobile device, click the description. It'll be there too. Become a discusser. And there are two ways to do that now. And if you're in the U.S., Text ADOW as an ADAL, as in a discovery of witches. So text ADOW to 444 999 or visit demons Scroll down, fill out the form and spammer code, and that's it. You're a discusser. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com, to see what we're up to. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Keep Angela alive! Okay, guys, so welcome back, and all you lurkers that just want to hear what we're about to say, <laughs> welcome to you, too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what did you guys think as far as the differences in this episode versus the book? Start with the car. I'm not a car person. You guys are more car people than I am, but the difference between the Jaguar and the Tesla, what did you guys think of yeah. that? I wanted him to keep the I Jag, because he was just... I love the Tesla. I know you love the Tesla. I, I, I have Tesla issues because Elon Musk is a nut job, but... He's no longer CEO. He's still anyway. a nut job. Um, <laughs> my issue with changing out from that Jaguar is because, I mean, back to the whole man out of time thing, it just seemed like the Tesla was a little bit too trendy for our Matthew, our book Matthew, especially because he's still like Mr. Mont Blanc fountain plant pen. And well, and I liked it. the book Matthew. He had the, not even a new model Jaguar. He had an yeah. old model, which is he had like, just reinforces fuddy duddy. Except the right. fact it was in my head, it was like the E series. So it was like the sexy fuddy duddy. <laughs> Yes, right, right, which would be fitting. Yeah. <laughs> did you picture did you picture an XJ6 or an XJS? XJS. Yeah, me too. So, and that's why I took it well because I felt like the Tesla is kind of along the same lines, a modern version of that. Well, I think they they went but the and the thing with the Tesla with the TV audience is that is like in in a nutshell just sums up to anyone looking at it like okay this is a family with money and power he's a guy with money and power and clout who can get his hands on a tesla in great britain which is like virtually impossible hell in the united states they start at 75k and that's yeah if you don't want seat warmers and that's an <laughs> but he was driving an s which is way more than that well they have different levels and, and what did deb this. say about the change because he's more environmentally Sci- conscious yes yes yeah. she was getting into the whole science thing of it except i didn't want to asked Deb about, well, what about it when he needs to dispose of the batteries? Because I didn't want to be that smart ass. <laughs> <laughs> because no, that's I a mean, fallacy I, on some, that's one of the fallacies about these, these cars is that. It, yeah, the, they have to, they have, you have to figure out how to recycle these big ass and the, batteries. And the pollution from manufacturing those batteries is kind of egregious. Yeah. But anyway, me being a tech person in general, I've test driven the Tesla S and the Tesla S with speed, which is a step up, which those start at 100,000. Uh-huh. But, you know, I acted all fancy and I wanted to test drive this thing because my sister was thinking of buying one. And I could see Matthew Claremont driving that car. Mm-hmm. It's quiet. It's stealth. It's sleek. It's fast. It could drive itself. And he can listen to Mozart. He can listen to Mozart on the sound system in peace. In peace. <laughs> yes. Top of the line. So, yes, I, I was cool mm-hmm. with it. I mean, you heard how I'm drooling over this car, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I am obviously cool. Well, it looks like you can fit more vampires in it, too, than the Jag. Good point. <laughs> this is true. He's got to go true. get Marcus's ass and haul him out of jail every other week. Right. So, we need a room. <laughs> My thing is with Satu, at this point, she she has shown she doesn't care about rules. Oh, she is like the queen of don't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't think she's driven by something totally different than Peter. It's not about Peter for her, I think. I think it's totally her own little whatever. I think she's gathering because she goes she's rogue. gathering power to protect herself as opposed to gathering power for power's sake. Yes. Peter just happens to be a conduit to get her to where she yeah, wants to Yeah, because I mean she made she, she was like a magnet. Out. She made when she made her way to that congregation room like, okay, this is the seat of power. This is where I need to be. And she wants to know things for herself, for her own benefit. Yes. Not and I don't mean that like in a domenical kind of way. I mean it like like you said, Jean, it to, to try to protect herself. Yeah. Yeah, she's on a private quest. She needs to understand is what I get the sense. Mm -hmm. Yes. So she asks all the right questions and she she understands she has quite a bit of power. And she's just, I I don't get it yet with her at this point, but there's something else there. So, yeah, we did say last episode she was lurching around, but here we saw a little bit more of Mm -hmm. her. And I appreciate yes, it. Yeah. Yes. Now, yeah. now um, the other thing that was really interesting is that the human caretaker of the congregation, they kind of morphed yes. Rima from I Shadow was thinking of the that Night. Oh, that's yes. Rima, that, that's yep. like the male Rima. Rico, mm-hmm. yes. Rico Jean instead of Rima Jean. <laughs> yes. well, I'm thinking that could even change, though, because we know that there's a human librarian. And we know um, that there's the still, old, he's got an older sister. Yes, yes. Right. And that could still be Rima. Uh, not, not, the, but Rima could still come into the picture because we still have yet to meet her next season. Yes. 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 And what do you guys think about the old lodge compared to the book? Um, inside it's what I pictured. Yeah. yeah. You know, and this is my fault again, where they say that, you know, there were so many centuries of display with between the tapestries and the, the armor and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I still, I, I don't know why. That's what they said in the book. It's true. And when I see it on TV, I'm like, it's so packed. It's so cluttered. It's so <laughs> high end small... TJ Maxx to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know how I feel about TJ Maxx. <laughs> I know. I know. Girl, you got to go there. After... You got to go there after they've cleaned up and they've restocked. That's when you go. You go right an hour before closing. That's the best experience. I'm yep. telling you. I'll have to give it a try. No. <laughs> Do you know what? what so funny is that that shot that I love so much in the stairwell as I think about it it feels like foreshadowing yeah. of the fact that she's a time walker because oh the, kind of like the spiral the spir- clock. it reminded me so much of the spiral clock looking at it it's like it was so, so symbolic about the journey she didn't even realize yeah. she was going on or going to embark upon the other thing that seemed like foreshadowing and maybe it's unintentional is when she's asking the questions and matthew says you're full of you're full of questions and that yeah. that's a key to yes. her magic uh in shadow of night that's right and we just did that chapter well, with and Goody. Then when, when she when she gets to the end and she becomes the book of life she's she's full of questions and answers yeah Yeah. So the combination of the two dinners, guys, um, I know we said we liked it, but I and I remember in our TV episode, I'm like, yeah, they're probably going to have to combine those. But man, if we would have had the two of them, I I wanted to go down into the wine cellar. Because that was another Matthew history lesson. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. I missed that. Yes. I didn't miss uh, that. All yes, Souls, yes, yes. when they went down to the basement in the wine cellar and her birthday wine, I would have loved yeah, to see that. I know. But I get it. I get it. Time constraints. The dinner, though, the combined dinner, it was fine. It's like, you know, what's wrong? Nothing. I'm fine. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with <laughs> it. It's, it's good. <laughs> I got one of them. 
I'm happy I got yeah. one of them. Yeah. Yeah. The book conversation was so rich. I guess that's just my point. Yeah. It's just, mm-hmm. you, you got so much out of all of it. Yeah. But you know what? We By sacrificing that second dinner, we got all this yeah. delicious congregation stuff. This is true. I got Baldwin. Like two episodes. You did get sooner, Baldwin. Thank you. And yeah. they combined two scenes when they're when she said, "What did I? What do I taste like?" And he takes her closely and he starts whispering in her ear. That's the part that I loved when oh. um, he was holding her from behind and and her hands were sparking and she was like, yes. "What is this nonsense I hear about the book?" Yeah, yeah. It was that combined. Yeah, I forgot oh. about that scene. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to do a reread of uh, Discovery Witches now. <laughs> I was like. Phew. That's a scene I love. And she was like, I'm so mortified because I couldn't, she was trying to like stomp at his foot and she couldn't get out of it. But this was different. This was different. Yes. It was a different feel. And Diana's overall attitude, and we kept bringing it up when we were discussing the uh, show, her overall attitude in this TV show. Yeah. She doesn't sit down. She doesn't sit back and take it. I love this. This is. I like this Diana a lot more than I like the book Diana. I do too. Absolutely. Book Diana took me till Shadow of Night to be like, okay, girl, now you're doing your thing. But everything just happened to her. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And I get it. I get it because she didn't understand her witchcraft and everything was just happening all at once. And I talk all badass now, but I'm not sure I wouldn't crumble like Diana did in a lot of those scenes in the book. But here in this TV show, she is taking charge, taking control. She initiated the kiss. She initiated everything. So with Jillian, she stood up to her. She pushed aside and she just walked, marched right over to Matthew and got in the car. There was no victim. No, she's reckless, but she's not a victim. Yeah. And the biggest complaints about the book is that Matthew's so controlling and he decides when she's going to eat, when she's going to sleep. And it's not that way on TV. No, no. Or at least it's no. portrayed she, differently. He's yeah. bossy still. Yeah. No yeah. mistake there. By the way, I am all in with Matthew Good. Oh, God, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am convinced. Before, I was like, okay, he's Matthew Claremont-esque, you know, despite that being his real name. But now he, to me, he is just Matthew Claremont. He embodies this character. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think his acting is superb. The The nuances are definitely there. And they're good together. Oh, my God, yes. Because she has a ton. Yes. She has a ton of nuance as well, really and truly. And and he, and it's it's not just his chemistry with Teresa. Yeah. Oh, the chemistry. He, he's got to be a joy to work with because the chemistry he has with Ed, with Aisha, and I think everyone's Alex, chemistry together. Like, yeah. Is there anything you guys didn't like? Um, not that I didn't like it, but I noticed which in the books when she would ask him a question, he would get that dark reaction, and that's when I was like, "Whoa, what's going on there?" <laughs> you know, yeah. and he yeah. doesn't have that in the TV show. No, not so much. No, not as, and that came through very strong in the books and the TV show. It's more like, yeah, he's getting angry and he's reacting, but not as sharp, not as quick, not as dark. Yeah. Yes. Anything else that you can think of that you didn't? What about th- what about his, the naming convention when he says he always uses his Christian name? That's not true. No, no, not not true to the books. No, no. that I'm curious how that's all going to. F- oh, I know. One more thing about the big change is like that confrontation in the library. Oh yes. Oh yes, yes. A surprise um, for us. It's, it was good. Mm-hmm. I thought it was good. Yeah, so good because in the rooms we didn't get a sense that the wind was that yeah. harsh. I mean, if her wind was that strong, her room would have been destroyed. Yeah, and the same like when it, when it sort of swirled up around with her and Matthew, it, you didn't get that sense at all. So yeah, 
I thought that was a beautiful scene. Well shot. Loved it. I'd take it in the books in a minute and I'm not sure we'd get the same effect. No, you could I would agree. That was- and before knowing this scene, you can understand, yes, why the Bodleian wouldn't want you to film. But th- with this scene, you're like, yeah, that's, that's not a, even, a, even a possibility <laughs> to film in the Bodleian. <laughs> yeah. With a big fan. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. the manuscripts coming apart. <laughs> no, I could see some crazy librarian. No. Yeah. <laughs> Or Richie. No! Yes, yes, Richie. <laughs> What's his last name? Richard Alvinden. Um, Alvinden, yes. <laughs> we call him Richie. Richie, you owe us an interview. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> We're going to come knock on your door. Uh, yes, real. we are. Yes, we are. Um, yeah, so I can't think of anything else that I'd want. No, this this episode was everything it needed to be, I think, for the time constraints and budgets and whatever. Because for me, I would have added another dinner, but maybe that would have been too much. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I do have a little bit. It's not a complaint, but so much as even when you're leading us through this episode, it's like now we're in the old lodge. Now we're in the congregation. Now we're in the Sophie and Nathaniel's. Now we're I mean, it's like it's a lot of changing back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. It's a lot of scenes that we didn't get in the book. We only had Diana's and, and perspective. There, and there's so many of them that I wish we just got like a minute or two more of. Yes, I wouldn't sacrifice I any of the scenes that we did get, but I just wish we got a little bit more on some of them. Yeah. We also said that about the books. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We're gluttons. Gluttony is our, yeah, gluttony is our deadly sin. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's end it and say goodbye to our audience. For real. Yeah. Farewell. Our readers saying goodnight. <laughs> Demon kiss for these folks. Yeah, Demon kiss. Bye. We'll talk to you next week, guys. Demons Discuss and Demons Domain are independent and not affiliated with Bad Wolf, Sky One, Sundance Now, and Shudder. Clips of the TV show and soundtrack are used for the purpose of commentary only. The soundtrack is an original score by Rob Lane and the Chamber Orchestra of London. The soundtrack is available for purchase on iTunes.